This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Voices of Experience, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. I'm your host, technology strategist and futurist, Crystal Washington. In a rapidly changing world, our in-person and webinar attendees need space to refresh with laughter and fun. In today's episode, we're going to explore the healing power of humor. Are you ready? Let's go. On this episode of Voices of Experience, we have Avish Parashar, CSP, with us. And he's been doing improv comedy for over 28 years. And so I don't think we have another member of NSA who's more qualified to talk to us about the healing power of humor. Thank you so much for joining us today, Avish. Oh, my pleasure, Crystal. Thanks for having me on. You know, so I once heard that laughter is like steam being released from a pressure valve. Do you do you agree with that or disagree or, you know, what, what's your opinion on that? Uh, I do agree. I think um, humor gives us a way to process the world. And I think and I think that's why some people get offended by other people using humor because they don't realize that when a lot of times when someone's laughing or making a joke about something, mm-hmm. they're not making light of the situation. It's just how they process the world. Um, and I've learned over the years that people get offended. So half the time now my processing is done internally. (laughs) I'll laugh about stuff. I make so many jokes in my head that I would never say out loud. Um, but it's not because I don't take the situation seriously. It's just that, you know, some people just need that to get like, I think that steam metaphor is great. You know what you just said, just made a light bulb go off in my head of each, because I've thought about times where I have laughed or, or sometimes even held in laughter over the most horrible things. But, and when I think about it, I'm like, why am I laughing or why do I want to laugh? And so that's interesting that you said that about people processing the world. It may not actually be making light of something. Yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to really be vulnerable and expose my nerdy roots. I'm a huge comic book fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up reading X-Men and there's a line in there with the X-Men. They're going to go on a suicide mission. And one of the character makes a joke and the, another character who's younger is like, I just want to cry. Like, how are you making jokes? And he said to her, like laugh or cry. And I won't give them the the victory of my tears. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was just such a powerful, I mean, it's, I read that like 40 years ago and it still stands with me. It's like so many situations you got to laugh or cry. And sometimes by crying, it's like, you're not giving in per se because different people process, but it's like, right. you choose your response in that moment. That is powerful. So with that having been said, you know, we know that humor can be tricky because we've seen mm-hmm. people crash and burn. Everyone's seen someone crash and burn. Are we all qualified to use humor in our presentations and our marketing materials and our posts? Or are there just desert? Do we need to be like coronated funny? Do we need like a special person <laughs> to say you are now qualified to make jokes? Well, I honestly believe that all people have the capacity for tremendous humor. I think everyone's funny deep down. Uh, I think that as we grow up, depending on your environment, society, your own personal expectations, people develop these different filters that kind of limit their creativity and limit their humor. Mm -hmm. So the people who are just naturally funny, I think their minds developed in a way to process humor that way. But I've worked with improvisers and non-improvisers for years and every person can be funny. And and I'll challenge you to think about this. 
think about the person in your life who you think is not funny at all. Okay. I would guarantee you they have some environment, some person they hang out with, some old friend, some family member that they are laughing with. Are you sure? And so it's just where and how willing are we to reveal that humor? Are, are you sure about that? Because I have somebody in mind and I have a very hard time imagining them. At some point in their life, they probably <laughs> had something that made them laugh. You know, it just, and it gets tamped down. Um, okay. And part of what we talked about, just some people find humor too light, too offensive to even use. Mm-hmm. Some people's brains, they just shut themselves off from it. And for whatever reason, but I do think that everyone has the capacity. It's just how many layers do we need to peel away to kind of unleash their inner comedian? Okay. Is there anything we should stay away from? Because there's a lot, you know, the world has changed twice in 2020 um, when this is yeah. being recorded. And so I think we, you know, normally for our VOE interviews, we, we don't ground to specific dates, but I think it's important in this case to, to ground us in the now. Is there anything we should stay away from? Uh, yes, I think so. <laughs> uh, number one, everyone should stay away from my client base because I want more gigs. Uh, but <laughs> beyond that, yeah, I mean, obviously you got to be very aware of your audience and aware of the world going on around you. And, you know, and there's a difference between being a humorist, a comedian, and a speaker who uses humor. Can you run us through those differences? Uh, sure. So a comedian is someone who is paid purely or is brought in purely for making jokes. And I think as a comedian, you don't have to stay away from things. I think you may get flack, but I don't think you have to stay away from anything. Okay. As a humorist, you are brought in to make the audience laugh, but you have to have a message and there's a level of professionalism that's expected. So I think there you do want to stay away from something that might be touchy. Mm-hmm. If you're a speaker who uses humor, there's no expectation of you being funny. You're not marketing on it. You're not telling people I'm going to be funny, but it's a huge bonus that sets you apart and makes you more connected. And there also, I think you need to be aware. So yeah, I think you should stay away from I mean, in general, anything that's politically charged, anything that's currently sensitive, even if you think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it's not even just, obviously, things are really triggered right now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so for example, um, I, have, I have a segment when I'm talking about something creativity, I talk about releasing the filter and saying the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. And I talk about how the filter is not a bad thing. You want to, it, it's what keeps you employable and out of trouble. Right. <laughs> now, sometimes what I will say is that, you know, it's what keeps you, um, it's what keeps you employable and have trouble. Oh, you, your life would be very difficult if you just said the first thing that popped in your mind. Now, sometimes I'll follow that up with, or you'd be president of the United States. <laughs> so now it's funny, right? That is a joke about president Trump, but if you really parse it, I'm not actually making fun of him. I'm just pointing out the fact that no supporter or anti-person would disagree that he just says the first thing. He just doesn't right. really filter his thoughts. So there are places I wouldn't tell that joke because I know that even though in my head, I know I'm not actually like ripping him apart or anything that just the act of invoking Trump with a joke would get some people defensive. Some people thinking I'm like a leftist or, you know, whatever. So there's definitely audiences that, and you know, if like I'm in a more red state, then I'm not going to say that joke. If mm-hmm. I'm say in the Northeast, you know, I'll make it. And when I tell the joke in front of the right crowd, it kills, I get applause. And when I pull back and don't tell it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And along the same lines, I have the audience do an exercise where they're planning a party and it gets out of control and they get more and more, like it's about saying yes and. So like, let's do this, let's do this. And I'll, I'll mimic the audience. And at one point I'll say, let's get Taylor Swift to perform on board. 
and that was great. But then at some point, Taylor Swift came out and said something anti-Republican or anti-Trump. And I did that joke and it was kind of a more red audience and people were like, no, not Taylor Swift. I'm like, oh, I didn't even. Mm-hmm. So that's a long roundabout way of saying, um, should we stay away from things? Yeah, unless you really know what you're doing, stay away from politics, mm-hmm. stay away from religion mm-hmm. and stay away from anything that's controversial. Um, uh, uh, what's going on right now. And I think we're going to, I think one of the things we're going to talk about later is where you get your humor from. It's not hard to stay away from that stuff. Okay. You know, if you're really thinking about it. Okay. So thank you for giving us an outline. And also thank you for explaining the difference in how we use humor, the difference between a comedian and a humorist and a speaker who just might have some humor. And the fact that I, I thank you for very delicately pointing out that those of us who are speakers that just might use a little humor, maybe we don't have the same leeway as others. And so we should be a little bit more careful. So I appreciate your candidness there. Is there a way we can punch up right now our in-person and online presentations using humor? Is there just a way to kind of go in there now and and use it a little? Uh, Yeah. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a technique from another speaker and and credit her. So there's a speaker named Judy Carter and she teaches a lot of stand-up comedy and, um, what she talks about doing is don't ask yourself what's funny about this because everyone defines funny. It, it, it stresses out the mind and there's no truth in that. Mm. Instead, ask yourself what's weird, stupid, scary, or hard about this. And then answer that question. Now, just so you uh, understand why you had me on and not Judy directly, I'm going to add my own technique to that as well. Okay. <laughs> so what I talk about with improv comedy and the reason I think all people are funny is because in 28 years, I've never actually taught someone how to be funny, which may again, make you wonder why you have me on here right now. It's because what I find is that with this filter thing, if I can just get people to start generating ideas from their subconscious mm-hmm. without filtering, funny stuff happens. So I've never taught someone to be like, Oh, if you just do this, it'll be funnier. I just say, say the first thing that comes to your mind. And when I can get them to not edit filter, funny stuff happens. So combine the two techniques, ask yourself what's weird about this situation and then just start brainstorming a list of answers, but do it from a place of flowing subconscious. So what that means is don't stop talking or don't stop writing. What most of us would do with that question is say, what's hard about this situation? Uh, let's see. Well, you know, we don't have enough time. What else? Uh, using that conscious, very filtered, very thoughtful part of the mind. Instead, just start blurting and see what comes out. Um, and you'll have to be willing to say stuff that is stupid, that is impossible, that is too expensive, that is fantastical and not realistic. And you're mining for gold, right? You're going to generate 20, 30 answers. Most of them will be dumb or not funny, but you're looking for those one or two places. And that, then you can use that as the building point. And the second technique then to build off of that is when you get that idea of, oh, here's what's hard about this situation. Then use a technique again to just start blurting talking about that. So uh, this could be a disaster because it's improvised, but if you want to try a quick example, um, Crystal, remind me, your topic, your, talk, your topic is about showing audiences how to use technology. Yes. Effectively. Yes. All right. So um, I'm not going to put you on spot. I'll just roll with this. So what's one of the challenges your audience faces that you, you address? Oftentimes they're terrified of adopting new technology in the first place. Okay. So you start with, okay, what's 
hard, weird, scary, stupid about adopting new technology. So what's hard about adopting new technology is that every time you learn one thing, the new thing figures it out. What's scary about adopting new technology is you're afraid you might download a virus and completely destroy your whole system. What's scary about adopting new technology is once you get video on there, everyone's going to see you and you can't do your stuff in your pajamas anymore. What's weird about adopting new technology is that it seems like the farther we progress, the farther we go backwards. What's scary about new technology is that I'm afraid that I'm going to say and do something stupid is going to completely destroy my reputation. What's weird about new technology is that I get a new computer and my new technology actually makes it harder to do stuff that was really simple to do before. All right. So I'm just blurting out stuff that may or may not be true. And then what you do is you look through there. Okay. Are there any ones there that might be kind of, that make you just smile? You're not looking for hilarious. So what's weird is that the newer your technology is, the harder it is to do the simple stuff. Okay. So then just free talking about that. Mm -hmm. And now you're probably, if you just let yourself freely talk without pausing, editing, and thinking, I guarantee you, you're going to blurt out some stuff. And since we're speakers and we have stories, to force your creativity in that blurting process, at some point, force yourself to say, this one time, because that's going to force your mind to fill in a story. So now it's, it's hard because you have to kind of go through this process. It's not magic where you do it once for two minutes and boom. Mm -hmm. But so go through your content and start, don't just ask what does the audience need to get out of this and don't just ask what's funny because what's great about that is if you're saying here's what's weird, stupid, scary, hard, it's what your audience is already thinking about your topic. Okay. So not only are you generating humor, you're doing it in a way that your audience is going to relate to, addressing their concerns, but with humor as opposed to just like the bullet points, here's what you're worried about, here's the answer. Here's what you're worried about, here's the answer. So. Hopefully that made some sense. I know I kind of went on a bunch of tangents there. No, no, no. That, that was actually, it was fascinating. You definitely gave us all an exercise that we can use. And what's interesting is for anyone that's listening to us right now, there's a past episode with Bill Stainton where it's, it's not the same process, but it's, it's a similar offshoot process for brainstorming and being creative. And so I love how this, I, I just love it when I see different interviews kind of come together from brilliant people. You know, you're both mm -hmm. CSPs, he's even a CPAE. And so uh, just giving people something else to look at potentially after they listen to us. So if I could add on one real quick thing about yes, that technique, please. just to encourage people to use it. Yes. I once saw a presentation, NSA presentation with Larry Wingett and Joe Calloway. Okay. And they start off basically by saying the one, the most valuable thing you bring to your speaking business and to your audiences is your point of view, not your content, not your skills, your point of view, because everything else content you can get online, all mm -hmm. that great stuff, you know, but your point of view is the one thing that makes you unique as a speaker. Mm. By asking what's weird, stupid, scary, hard, you are going one step deeper than just, okay, here are the tools you can use in technology, or here's how you can be more productive. But rather, you're tapping into a point of view that you have and your audience has that other speakers aren't doing, which is going to set you apart and give you a unique angle that's going to you know, make you more bookable than just someone going and watching a TED Talk. Right. Oh my gosh, that's powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that with Absolutely. us. So now that we're all prepared to test out some humor because we're figuring out what's weird, what's hard about our topics, how do we test out our jokes? Like, do we just get our family on Zoom and, and get like a, a comb and just say, knock, knock, who's like, how, how do we do this? How do we test them out to know? <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can do that. I mean, having a test audience is a great way of doing it. Doing things like you talked about Tom Singer, um, well, maybe we talked about before we started the call, but in any case, he started doing they're open like, mics. They're like, what are we talking about? Tom yeah. Singer was a past guest on VOE as well. 
and he's been doing open mics. So open mics, it's it's a scary, it's a trial by fire. Mm -hmm. So anytime you can test, like Toastmasters is a great place. Okay. Um, your NSA colleagues. So yeah, finding a form where you can test material is great. What I've been doing is I've been testing out a lot of stuff on Facebook Live. Uh, now it's really hard because in that format, I'm doing comedy virtually with no audience, no laughter, no feedback. Right. But I'm able to test stuff out and see what kind of comments and likes I get. And you can weave it into your existing material. Now, the rule of thumb is put in new material around old material. So don't shove in a five-minute new segment if you're new to this. Okay. But throw in like one or two jokes or lines around within your content that you know. Now, the great thing about being a speaker and the great thing about this point of view stuff mm -hmm. is if you're not writing a joke, if people don't laugh at it, it doesn't really bomb. Okay. You know, if I'm saying a joke where clearly I'm just doing a throwaway thing to make you laugh and you don't laugh, I feel awkward. But if I'm telling a story, I'm like, yeah, and you know what's really hard about technology is that like the minute you update your computer, all your old stuff stops working. And if no one laughs at that, all right, you just made a point and then you move on. Right. But don't try to do a whole long bit out of nowhere. Build up to a piece okay. by piece, find stuff that works and then grow it and stick it in your material that's already working. Okay. So test it out. And then, you know, work, weave it in slowly and develop it as you go. And I do think you made an interesting point about not having a live audience, because I think for any speaker that uses humor in their presentations, I do. I don't consider myself a humorist, and I'm certainly not a comedian, but I use a lot of humor. And it's interesting because when you can test things out on an audience, you not only see their reactions, but sometimes you realize you have unintentional jokes. Like, there are times oh, yeah. where I'm being completely serious, and I get just people falling out of their chairs laughing, and then you like, it's like that notepad, that imaginary notepad, like, mm -hmm. okay, make a note of that. So it is harder in a virtual environment, right? Because you're not hearing the feedback. Yeah, it's so hard. And different people are, are you know, everyone's different. But for me, like, I, I work so much off audience feedback. I'm an improv comedian, so I'm generating as I go. So I'm, like, getting the feedback, is it working? And so I've really been retraining myself. And mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons I'm using Facebook Live is to force myself to practice and try improv games and honestly it's weird i think one of the big limitations the listeners going to have is feeling silly it's it's vulnerable trying to be funny and wanting the audience to laugh and then not laughing and i've done improv for 28 years and i still worry about looking too silly when i'm doing a character voice or playing a random improv game where i'm moving all over the place and so i'm doing this to push myself farther out of my comfort zone to develop that, that almost that armor, okay. which I had developed for live audiences. Now I got to redevelop it even more for virtual audiences. So just get that practice out there and, and build your self-esteem and that kind of comedic armor up a little bit at a time. Okay. And I would think that practicing in a virtual format where we're at, where most of us are at now, some people are starting to have a few live mm -hmm. events trickle in, but I would imagine practicing in this harder situation can only make you better in person because it would be easier. I would, I would think it's kind of like trial by fire. And then I don't know, is that, is that the way to look at it? Or am I just trying to be motivational? That, well, that is how I'm looking at it. Okay. Um, I, I appreciate what Dan Thurman, uh, CPA past president of our, our chapter when he was convention chair, not when he, was he did a presentation, he's a juggler. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, he was talking about juggling five bowling pins at once or four bowling pins at once. And he said, you know how to get really good at, at juggling four bowling pins, try bowling five or try juggling five. Oh. He's like, once you start juggling five, four becomes easy. So I think to that, yeah. If you could do humor successfully in a virtual environment, yeah, when you get in front of an audience to get that feedback, that's going to be such a no-brainer. 
Avish, you have been amazingly generous with your time and your information. I would love if you could just leave everybody, if you could leave all the speakers listening right now with one thing that they can do right now, what would that be around humor? If you could just leave them with one thing, what would that be? Uh, well, I'd go back and say, do that exercise right now, the weird, scary, stupid, hard, and just let yourself flow. And you're doing that not to necessarily generate funny ideas. I would say in the beginning, you're doing it to develop your sense of flow. How long can you brainstorm before your conscious mind kicks in and pauses? Mm. The more stamina you build, the deeper you go, the more random funny ideas are gonna come. So right away, start with that exercise. It only takes like five minutes. Weird, scary, stupid, hard, and just write for as long as you can before your mind stops and pauses. Have you registered for the National Speakers Association's annual conference? Influence 2020 has pivoted completely to give you what you need right now ideas and strategies that you can implement immediately to grow your business, expand your revenue streams, and emerge from challenging, unprecedented times even stronger than before. Save your travel expenses and join us for a unique, unmissable virtual experience that emphasizes content and techniques for both making money now and laying the groundwork to thrive in the future. Three months of virtual, over 25 incredible breakouts, and one unforgettable experience. Please visit nsaspeaker.org and click on the events tab to learn more. Thank you for tuning in to Voices of Experience, the podcast of the National Speakers Association. Catch us on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, and NSA's social media profiles. I'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.